0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's second teaching in the book of Psalms, chapters 22 through 24, called The Shepherd's Psalms. We are teaching through what's called the
1: Shepherd Psalms. And the big series is called Medicine for the Soul. The Psalms are Medicine for the Soul. And we're doing a part two in Psalm 22. So please turn in your Bibles there, Psalm 22, as we look at the Shepherd Psalms. The Shepherd Psalms are Psalms 22, 23, and 24. And uh, Psalm 22 is about the Savior and Him dying for us. And it's an, an amazing prophecy about the details of the death of Jesus, his passion, his crucifixion. In Psalm 23, we're going to look at the shepherd. So you've got the savior in 22, the shepherd in 23, and then the sovereign in 24, or the king of glory. We'll get to those psalms later, but we're going to move to the second half of Psalm 22. Before we do, let's pray one more time. Father, I do want to thank you for all the youth that are here tonight, the kids that are here tonight. For our faithful uh, youth leaders, for all those who pour into our children, all those who minister in different ministries to make this midweek service happen, Uh, thank you for each one. Thank you for those who have taken time to come out tonight because they're hungry to know you better. They're hungry to see wonderful things from your word. They're hungry to uh, just to be encouraged and to grow closer in their love for you. And I pray tonight that would accomplish just that, Father, that you'd be glorified, that you'd show us what you want us to see and help us to obey you. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Psalm 22 is a Psalm of David. You'll notice at the top of your Bible, this we started two weeks ago, and it opens with a line that Jesus spoke from the cross. And if you weren't with us last time, the verse to write down is Matthew 27, 46, It'll be very familiar to you. Psalm 22 says, my God, my God, verse one, why have you forsaken me? Now that particular opening line of the Psalm is quoted by Jesus while he's on the cross. And what you have to remember is that when David originally wrote this, he wrote it as a song and he wrote it a thousand years before Jesus would walk the earth. And there's an amazing detail in this psalm about the crucifixion of the Lord. And by the way, this is before crucifixion was invented. Most believe that crucifixion was invented by the Persians. And when we studied the book of Esther, we could see that they would impale people. And it's brutal, but this is what they would do. So it was like a form of crucifixion. But for David to give this detail is nothing less than just the power of the word of God. And I was listening to a little bit on church history recently, and I wanted to give you this little uh, nugget that you can hold on to about the, uh, the reason why we believe that the Scriptures are inspired by God. And this, this gentleman, this particular professor, was saying, if you want a quick answer about why the Scriptures are the Word of God, just know this. Jesus affirmed the Old Testament. Whenever he was asked a question, he would often refer to, to the accounts of the Old Testament. He would refer to the time of Noah, the time of Lot. He would refer to Adam and Eve and so forth. He would refer to Moses and the Psalms. Jesus believed the Old Testament was inspired. He affirmed the Old Testament. And then the second A is that he authorized the New Testament. And that is in John 14, he said, the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance everything that I've told you. And they would write down New Testament scripture in the years to come. Jesus affirmed the Old Testament, authorized the New Testament. So if you're looking for a quick 15-second answer on why the Bible is divine rather than human in origin, you can go directly to Jesus. Jesus obviously believed the Bible. Now, this particular psalm is called a Messianic psalm. And you'll notice it is uh, directly a quotation from what Jesus said said on the cross. In verse two, he says, "'Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer me, and by night, but I have no rest. Yet you are holy. You are enthroned upon the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were delivered. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. But I am a worm and not a man.'" a reproach of men and despised by the people. All who see me snare at me. They separate with a lip. They wag the head saying, commit yourself to the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him because he delights in him. Go down to 11. Be not far from me for trouble is near. There is none to help. Many bulls have surrounded me, 12. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They open wide their mouth at me And as a ravening uh, and a roaring lion, I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax and it is melted within me. My strength 15 is dried up like a posture. My tongue cleaves to my jaws and you lay me in the dust of death. Dogs have surrounded me. A band of evildoers has encompassed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look, they stare at me. They divide my garments among them and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, be not far off. O you, my help, hasten to my assistance. Deliver my soul from the sword, my only life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, from the horns of the wild oxen. And then notice this in your Bible, you answer me. Now, just to make a connection, in verse 2, oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And then all the way to verse 21, the end of the lament section. Now he says, from the horns of the wild oxen, you answer me. You weren't answering me, but now you do answer me. And this is how life sometimes goes. Sometimes we're praying about something and... I mentioned to you that when we did the first part of the psalm, we did up to verse 21, that we have our why questions, and it is biblical to ask why. Uh, I am hesitant to do that because I think sometimes that's a little bit presumptive, but it is biblical because David did it and Jesus did it, so I guess we could do it too. And so they said, why? And there's a lot of things going on in our world that, at, that really put upon me to ask the question, Why? Why, Lord, I don't understand. And and I think that that's okay. And I think it's even okay for you to voice that, to say, Lord, I don't understand this, but I'm still gonna trust in you. And I want you to notice that the psalmist does do that. The psalmist is saying, even though all of this suffering and difficulty is coming my way and I don't understand, yet I'm still gonna place my trust in you. And then the answer comes. And notice in verse 21 He cries, save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen. These animals are pictures of uh, predators, uh, power in the animal kingdom, kind of unpredictable. The wild oxen here, horns are a picture of strength. Here it would be dark powers. And right from the midst of the horns of the wild oxen, the psalmist says, you do answer me. Now there's no doubt that the verse 21 verses, first 21 verses of Psalm 22 are messianic. They're about the Messiah. They're what happened on the cross. And I'm sure you saw that the piercing of the hands and the feet, the wagging of the head, the making fun of Jesus, the casting of lots and dividing up his garments are all what actually happened during the passion of the Christ. So there's no doubt that this is about the Messiah. And for a while, the Messiah on the cross, we get an insight into what he was going through emotionally and even spiritually, was feeling abandoned. He was feeling like the Lord had forsaken him. He was asking God, where are you? Why are you so far from me? Where have you gone? Why, as Ray Vanderlaan put it, a great historian, why have you left me all alone? I'm surrounded by all this hatred, surrounded by all this evil, surrounded by all this darkness. Where are you? And we've all felt that way. And you may be even feeling that way right now, whatever you may be going through. Certainly the last several months in our own country has made us feel that way. And yet from the horns of the wild oxen, you do answer me. In other words, the answer eventually came. But I want you to hear this very closely. The answer came, but it did not deliver the Messiah from suffering. And that is an interesting thing. I was actually pondering this earlier today and I was saying, Lord, you know, in this psalm, finally, David and the greater David says, you did answer me, but, but this psalm is written with the cross as the backdrop. So in what way did you answer him? Because you let him go through that terrible suffering. So how was his prayer answered? But what was his prayer His prayer was actually, Lord, don't be far from me in what I'm going through. And yeah, there's some deliverance language in there, but essentially what the psalmist is asking for is, Lord, just don't be far from me. Don't forsake me in what I'm going through. And I'll tell you what, as a believer, we can make it through anything if we know the Lord is near, amen? But answered prayer is not always going to be deliverance from suffering. It wasn't for Jesus and it may not be for you. Now that doesn't mean that God won't deliver you sometimes because he has a track record of doing that as well, right? He can bring deliverance, but in the garden of Gethsemane, let's just backtrack from the cross for a moment. When Jesus is in the garden, What does he pray? Three times he falls down on his face and he says, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me.
2: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, I'm Rob Newton, the producer of Walk in Truth. Since we began on this journey of reaching out with God's truth to all people, we have grown to be on four radio stations in Southern California, Arizona, Idaho, and Utah, reaching people from all walks of life and faiths. Our program has also reached listeners in 49 countries. If you are a financial partner, thank you for recognizing the importance of Walk in Truth's presence on radio and podcast and for praying for people's lives to be changed through hearing and responding to the messages aired each week. Through our partnership together, Walk in Truth has been able to carry God's message of hope to thousands of listeners who may be feeling stress, confusion, and hopelessness walk in truth's total budget for radio airtime promotion equipment supplies and staffing is over one hundred and fifty thousand 000 a year our goal has always been to become 100 percent listener supported and to expand into more radio stations as god provides our current level of listener financial support is about 25 percent. can you give a one-time tax-deductible donation today please visit walkintruth.com to donate online or get the mailing address that's walkintruth.com If you just tuned in, then you missed the first half of today's edition of Walk in Truth. That's okay. You can listen to this episode and many others whenever it's convenient for you on your free Living Truth app. Walk in Truth is also on your favorite podcast app. Simply search for and subscribe to Walk in Truth on apps like Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcast, Stitcher, and many more. Listening to a podcast as well as radio is a great way to get some time in the Word when you're walking, catching up on some work, or if you're like me and just need to listen to some Bible teaching while getting ready in the morning. Remember, you can find Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walkin' Truth. But this psalm is written
1: with the cross as the backdrop, so in what way did you answer him? Because you let him go through that terrible suffering, so how was his prayer answered? But what was his prayer? His prayer was actually, Lord, don't be far from me in what I'm going through. And yeah, there's some deliverance language in there. But essentially what the psalmist is asking for is, Lord, just don't be far from me. Don't forsake me in what I'm going through. And I'll tell you what, as a believer, we can make it through anything if we know the Lord is near. Amen. But answered prayer is is not always going to be deliverance from suffering. It wasn't for Jesus and it may not be for you. Now, that doesn't mean that God won't deliver you sometimes because he has a track record of doing that as well, right? He can bring deliverance. But in the Garden of Gethsemane, let's just backtrack from the cross for a moment. When Jesus is in the garden, what does he pray? Three times he falls down on his face and he says, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to drink the cup of your wrath. I don't want to suffer alone. I don't want to be nailed to a cross. I don't want to bear the sins of the world. If there's another way, if it's possible, remove it from me. But we can't stop there. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. That's his Gethsemane moment. And Gethsemane is an interesting uh, word because it actually means the olive press. And the idea is if you look at an ancient olive press, you can visit Israel and they'll show you an ancient olive press. And what they would do is the, there's a big stone that comes down on the olive and it crushes it and it produces precious olive oil. And Jesus had the Gethsemane come down on him. He was the precious olive, if you will, who was crushed for our iniquities that the life-giving oil of the Holy Spirit would come to us. Everybody with me? He was not delivered from his suffering, yet the Lord was with him. Now, the next question that we have to ask is this. So when we ask why, the answer to the why question in the Messiah's case is evident to us, right? Because the answer is you. Why did God forsake him so that you wouldn't be forsaken? Why was he crushed for your iniquities? Why didn't the father just deliver him in the garden of Gethsemane and send those legions of angels down to deal with that mob that came to get him and Judas' betraying heart and everything else that went with that fateful night? Because God so loved you. Because God wasn't willing that any perish but all come to repentance. So the father had to say to the son, Son, I love you and I'm not going to abandon you ultimately, but you are going to suffer for the sin of the world because I don't want people to perish. God, the father, so loved you that he gave his only son. The father loves you. The son loves you. That's why he suffers. And he can say, you answered me. And yet he was not delivered from the cross. And I think this is something important for us because we all know the reality of our world is that sometimes we suffer and there are not easy answers and we don't understand why. And maybe we won't know a lot of the answers until we're on the other side. Sometimes we get glimpses of what God is doing and we see we went through something and God had a reason for it and then we can connect the dots, but not always. I want you to see another Psalm just for a second. Psalm 40, just go to your right for a moment. Psalm 40. The psalmist, again, David crying to the Lord. And sometimes this is what we have to do. We have to wait patiently. Psalm 40, verse one. I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. How blessed is the man who has made the Lord his trust and has not turned to the proud nor to those who lapse into falsehood. Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders which you have done. Your thoughts toward us, there is none to compare with you. If I would declare and speak of them, they would be too numerous to count. Sacrifice, sacrifice and meal offering six you have not desired. My ears you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, notice how this is also about the Messiah. Behold, I come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me. And this particular verse is quoted in the book of Hebrews. And uh, you can probably see it in your margin there. I think it's, yeah, it's Hebrews 10 verses five through seven. Seven. Behold, I come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me, that's the Messiah. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I have proclaimed glad tidings of righteousness in the great congregation. Behold, I will not restrain my lips, O Lord, you know. I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth. Note this, from the great congregation back to psalm 22 now you're going to see a turn in psalm 22 and the psalm is going to turn from lament to praise and what you're going to see is a link from the answered prayer to the reason why this all occurred and the reason is the church jesus's suffering was to save you and me it was to finish the work of redemption Just a little bit from my notes. You might be asking, how did the Lord answer him? Well, let him go through suffering, but the father did this so that the church could be purchased with the blood of the Messiah. The Messiah, Hebrews 12, 2, did it for the joy set before him, the joy of fulfilling his father's will and the joy of purchasing his bride with that dowry of his blood. That was the joy set before him. The pulpit commentary Puts it this way. The conviction suddenly comes to the sufferer that he is heard. Still the adversaries are round about him. The dogs, the lions, the strong bulls of Pashan. Now showing as ferocious wild cattle. Menacing him with their horns. But all the sufferer's feelings are changed. The despondent mood, verses 1 through 21, has passed away. He is not forsaken. He has won to help. In one way or another, he knows himself, he feels himself delivered, and he passes from despair and agony, even while on the cross, into a condition of perfect peace and even exaltation. He passes, in fact, from death to life, from humiliation to glory, and at once he proceeds to show forth his thankfulness by a burst of praise. The last strophe of the psalm, the last verses that we'll look at, is the jubilant song of the Redeemer. Now that his mediatorial work is done and his life of suffering is finished. Father, remove the cup. Son, I can't remove the cup. And then a chapter later, he's able to look at a thief dying next to him and say, truly, truly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. The reason he can say that is because he's suffering for that man's sin. He's dying that that man can be in paradise even though he's a sinner worthy of dying in the way in which he is. Notice now the turn in the Psalm. I will tell, Psalm 22, 22. I will tell of thy name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise thee. All of a sudden, this focus now comes on the word brethren. And it is interesting, I looked up the word and there's a couple of times when Jesus uses it. In Matthew 28:10, he says, don't be afraid, go and take word to my brethren to leave for Galilee, there they shall see me. In John 20, verse 17, Jesus says, stop clinging to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend to my Father and your Father and my God and your God.
0: You've been listening to the shepherd Psalms two, part one on walk in truth. Pastor Michael's second sermon teaching from the rest of Psalm 22. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to walk in truth on the living truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember you can watch pastor Michael's sermons and the full services with worship. When you follow our YouTube channel, Michael Lance is the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship here in Corona, California. And we would love it if you can join us for a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning service. But if you live outside of the area of Southern California or you're unable to visit us, you can always watch Living Truth Christian Fellowship on our YouTube channel. The best way to find the videos is visit walkintruth.com and click on YouTube. Again, visit walkintruth.com and click on YouTube. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word.
3: Well, when you're feeling alone and maybe even feeling like you're in some darkness in your life, remember that Jesus can relate. That's part of the incredible reality of Him becoming human and then dying in our place, entering into our pain, is He knows what darkness is like. It became dark, actually, when He was dying on the cross. He knows what it's like to feel separation from His Father. He knows what it's like to be abandoned by a friend, and to have people walk away from him. And yet he came on a rescue mission, and he's ready to help you if you're hurting right now and you feel like, man, uh, things have gone south in my life. He's an ever-present help in time of need. Cry out to him, and if you'd like to uh, reach out to us, you can always give us a prayer request through walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com.
0: And one more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your financial gift helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. This is all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and to help you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Please consider becoming a monthly partner too, or give a one-time end-of-year tax-deductible donation. Today is the last day to give an end-of-year gift please visit walkintruth.com and click donate. That's walkintruth.com. Or you can write a check and mail your gift to Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's sermon in Psalm 22, The Shepherd Psalms. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.